This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and today we are talking about one of my very favorite topics, confidence. In the past year, I've loved asking guests on the Alley on the Run show about their own confidence. I love knowing whether they consider themselves confident, if they've always been confident, how they've boosted their confidence, and what shakes their confidence. This is something I've wanted to talk about for a while now, and I'm flying solo for this one. So get on board, and let's talk confidence. Okay, so before I talk about my own confidence, I want to throw it back to episode 70 of the Alley on the Run show. My guest that day was Katie Burke, one of my favorites. She's the chief people officer at HubSpot, and everything Katie says is amazing and thought-provoking, and I'm obsessed with her. In addition to all the brilliance Katie shared on that episode, she talked about how confidence is a muscle. Here's a quote from Katie. She said, I don't think it's something you're given. It's not that you either have it or you don't. The more you practice it, the stronger that muscle's going to get. Like I said... She's brilliant and I'm obsessed with her. So I remind myself of this all the time because I tend to have a sort of wavering relationship with confidence. I would say in general, I've always been a pretty confident person. Growing up, I was given given a lot of praise from my parents and my teachers. I was definitely a teacher's pet. I was probably super annoying. And I don't know if that's why, but I know that when I look back on my childhood, I don't ever remember lacking confidence. And there was a time in like 10th grade when I had a giant cyst on my face. It was in the middle of my eyebrows. I had to have it surgically removed and drained and stuff. I had a giant cyst on my face and I remember being embarrassed, but I didn't lack confidence. So man, good for 16 year old Allie. Anyway, that I would say that stayed true throughout college and early in my career. I was super motivated. I was a go-getter. And honestly, I had a pretty privileged life. I always felt very happy, secure, set on making my dreams come true. And those dreams ranged from being captain of my college dance team to being editor-in-chief at Dance Spirit Magazine. Though my husband, Brian, likes to remind everyone that my very first dream when I was really little and people asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said a flying horse. So it is worth noting that not all dreams come true. But there's still time on that one. We'll see. I'm not giving up on it. Anyway, uh, I would say my confidence didn't start to rattle until more recently, which is kind of surprising, I think. Um, I feel like confidence is supposed to build over time, right? Like it's normal to maybe not be super confident at 16 when you have a cyst on your face. Uh, But by 33, it should all be good, right? But um, surprise, psych, uh, here we are. Um, I would say my confidence probably started to shake up a little bit when I left my job at Dance Spirit a few years ago. Uh, That job was everything I had worked for since I was a teenager. It was such a huge goal and I loved it and I achieved it and I was super happy for a long time. So when I left, I knew it was time to leave. But when I actually made that move, I was miserable. I missed the editor-in-chief title. I missed the responsibilities, the perks. I missed being a manager. But I think I really missed not having another goal or plan. I didn't have anything to latch on to. And for a really long time, that stayed true. I I struggled to find my next big dream. I actually, I love where I'm at right now, but I still don't think I have that next really 
big, exciting dream that I'm so pumped about. I don't know. I have to do some more digging there. But for years, I floundered. I questioned myself. I questioned my self-worth. I definitely questioned whether I made a huge mistake leaving Dance Spirit. And honestly, I still question a little bit what I'm doing with my life. And I think about it all the time, especially now as a new mom. Some days I think I want to be back in an office hustling full time and being really passionate and motivated and bringing home the paycheck to match my energy. Uh, Other times I think, nope, I just want to snuggle with Annie all day. Uh, Annie, by the way, is my daughter. She's six weeks old. And as soon as she says her first words, she's coming on this show. Um, No, actually, she said her first word already. She said Google. I swear, Brian says it was just like a burp or something, but I am convinced she's heard me talking about Googling crazy things at 3 a.m., and now she, too, is ready to Google. Uh, What were we talking about? Confidence. Uh, I don't always have it. I like myself. Some days I would say I love myself. Other days I think I'm doing a terrible job at everything. Uh, I think maybe that's just life. I'm sure there are people out there who feel confident 100% of the time. Uh, Beyonce probably. Kim Kardashian definitely. But a few months ago I noticed I was feeling really good about stuff. I was feeling healthy. This is before my Crohn's started to flare during my pregnancy. I was feeling fit. I was feeling fulfilled. I was feeling happy. And at the end of the day, I think the only things that matter in life are health and happiness. And I realized that the path I was on with my life, my career, whatever, it wasn't necessarily the one I dreamed about when I was 16. I definitely wasn't a flying horse. I'm still not. But it was working for me. So yay. Uh, Some of that happened naturally, but a lot of it took some work. Like Katie Burke said, confidence is a muscle. So you wouldn't or shouldn't wake up after a lifetime of inactivity and couch potatoing and expect to run a marathon out of the gate, right? I mean, I'm sure some people think that would be funny. I'm sure someone has tried it and lived to tell the tale. But for the sake of my metaphor, let's say it would be unwise, delusional even, to attempt to run a marathon on zero training without any strength or work put into it. So similarly, maybe it's silly to expect to exude confidence without working on self-improvement and stuff. And that, my friends, brings us to the meaty part of this episode, the how-to part, the success story. But first, let's break for a word from our sponsor, Aftershocks. Tis the season to be shopping, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. I know my singing is terrible, but if you like music or podcasts, which you obviously do, you need to listen to all that stuff the very best way possible, which is with a pair of Aftershocks wireless headphones. Aftershocks headphones are the best for running during these dark days because they're built for safety. The headphones rest on top of your ears and use bone conduction technology to send the sweet sounds into your ears. So there's nothing actually in your ears, nothing blocking the noise. You're tuning in without tuning out. And since tis the season to be shopping, like I sang, go get yourself a pair. And while you're at it, you know who else probably likes music and podcasts and listening to stuff with durable, lightweight, high-quality headphones? Your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, husband, wife, cousin, niece, nephew, coworker, boss, or hostess at your favorite local restaurant. 
So go to ontherun.aftershocks.com and save $50 on Trex Air and Trex Titanium Endurance Bundles. Get a pair for yourself and a pair for everyone on your naughty and nice list this year. Now let's get back to talking confidence. So as I mentioned, I feel like my confidence is in a pretty solid place right now. And that didn't happen naturally or overnight. I made some little changes to improve my self-confidence, but I also committed to making some pretty substantial lifestyle changes and shifts in my perspective. So enough babbling. Let's talk specifics. Let's talk tangibles. Uh, I have 11, 11 things that I did to boost my own confidence and get happier with my life. So number one, I stopped using so many exclamation points in professional emails. You know who doesn't use excessive exclamation points? Most badass businessmen, probably most badass businesswomen. I've never emailed directly with Jeff Bezos or Tim Cook or Shonda Rhimes, but I am willing to bet none of them feel like they need to use enthusiastic punctuation in order to seem nice and happy and agreeable over email. And yet I do that all the time, or I did that all the time. So many exclamation points. But then I committed to getting straight to the point in important emails, and when necessary, found ways to convey my enthusiasm and passion without shouting about it every other sentence. We had a rule when I worked at Dance Spirit before I was editor-in-chief. The editor-in-chief at the time, Kate Leiden, I love her, she had a rule, no exclamation points. She said, when, you, when you're a writer and you use exclamation points, it's like you're laughing at yourself. And I'll never stop using exclamation points, but that has stuck with me. And I now use way fewer exclamation points in my emails. Straight to business. Let's keep it professional. I am a nice girl, but let's keep it professional. So that's a little change. Another little one that makes a big difference. Number two, I swapped you for I. If you've ever listened to an episode of The Alley on the Run show starring my husband, Brian Cristiano bold CEO. You may remember that this is something I actually picked up from him. And I fought it, man. I didn't want to make this change. But I'm not too proud to give credit where it's due. And I made this change and it's a game changer. So I stopped using the hypothetical, the proverbial you, and instead started saying I. So in the past where I may have said something like, um, you wouldn't necessarily just leave your dream job and immediately find your next dream. Instead, now I would say, I didn't necessarily just leave my dream job and immediately find my next dream. Because let's be honest, usually the you to whom we're referring is in fact ourselves, right? So I would encourage you to try making this shift. It's tiny, but I know that for me, it has ended up being really empowering. And while we're making tiny tweaks in our verbiage, Try swapping but for and. I learned this one from my yoga instructor, Bethany Lyons, who's also been on the show before. So instead of saying, I'm really great at writing, but I kind of suck at baseball. What a weird example. Don't know where that came from. Uh, Try saying, I'm really great at writing and I kind of suck at baseball. It just sort of helps you own things. And and it's, it's another one that I have found to be really empowering. Number three, I stopped making multiple page to-do lists, me and my lists. I love making lists, and it took me a really long time to realize that all my lists were setting me up for failure. So 
I had gotten to the point where my daily to-do lists were more discouraging than motivating. I used to make these lists and they grew to be like pages long. I never got through them. They were constantly growing. And no matter how much I checked off, it was never enough. I just always felt unproductive. So I tweaked it. Now, every Sunday night, I map out my practical list of actionable items that I need to complete by week's end. Sometimes I do it day by day. So Monday night, I'll make my list for Tuesday. Tuesday night, my list for Wednesday. And some things will carry over and that's fine. It just makes so much more sense this way. And the list isn't constantly growing because I know what I have to do. Things will come up, but I don't feel like a failure at the end of the day because I made a list of things that was doable instead of just absolutely insane. So then when I only cross off like four things instead of all 42, uh, I don't feel like total crap. Number four, I started writing and sharing daily reminders and affirmations. This was honestly a totally self-serving thing. I ended up sharing my stuff on Instagram stories, which I love. But around this time last year, I was kind of in a rough place. I was depressed. I was dark. I was down. And I started writing down just on a little scrap of paper in the morning, started writing down things that I needed to hear. I've never expected to find that motivation, that kick in the pants somewhere else. I've kind of always liked to be able to find it for myself and do that dig deeping and soul searching. I'm not looking for that magical website or Instagram account or mentor who's going to give me that kick in the pants. So I knew what I needed to hear, even though it was sometimes hard to hear it. So I wrote down my own mantras every morning. And instead of saying, what's the worst possible outcome to this big thing I'm dreaming about or this crazy thing I want to try? I started asking myself, what's the best thing that can happen? And I stopped focusing on all of the worst potential outcomes. And instead, I considered all the amazing ones. And like I said, I shared these on Instagram stories, mostly just to hold myself accountable. And it worked. Those messages have stuck with me. And if you go, I'm Allie on the Run One on Instagram, and I have them as highlights on my Instagram profile. So you can go check out some of them. Number five, I started asking for what I actually want. Revolutionary, my friends. Uh, At some point, I realized I had all these big dreams, but I was keeping them to myself. For example, I want to try my hand at race announcing. I love races. I love being at finish lines. And I would see other people doing it and I would be envious and I'd be like, I could do a better job. But I never actually put that goal out there. Uh, I wanted to do a live episode of the Alley on the Run show, and I sat on that for months at a time. I knew I could put on an awesome event, but I just sort of let that dream sit for a while. Spoiler, I eventually did one live event and then another one, and both were, in fact, pretty amazing. If you were there, thank you for coming. Uh, And there's going to be a ton more in 2019. I can't wait to meet all of you. So one day I came up with this idea I came up with a way a particular brand and I could work together. And to me, it was this brilliant concept and I was super confident about it. And I absolutely knew that they should go for this, that it would be good for both of us. And I decided not to waste time. I called my point person. I pitched myself to her and her team. And I didn't know if anything would come of it, but I knew for sure that nothing would come of it if I didn't step up and ask. Now, for the record... (laughs) Nothing did end up coming of my pitch. They didn't go for it, but I haven't tabled it. I just need to tweak it and rework it. And I'm going to do it on my own because I don't need them. Just you wait. 
Just you wait, you know, from Hamilton. Anyway, as for the race announcing 2019, it's happening. I'm going to I'm going for it. Okay, number six, I cut the negativity way down. I am a very peppy, positive, psyched about life person. But this surprises some people. I'm also actually like really negative and pessimistic sometimes. A lot of the time, Uh, I'm very anxious. I'm constantly worrying. Like I mentioned, I'm constantly worrying about the worst possible outcome of a scenario. And I generally gravitate first toward the worst thing that can happen before I consider the best. And this type of thinking is a really great way to immediately hinder and halt all potential progress. But since having Annie, I would say my anxiety has like been higher than ever. Uh, We're only six weeks in and I am definitely still very motivated by hormones and it's something I'm working on. But um, yeah, I, I cut the negativity down in the past year, still trying to do that, still trying not to focus on the negative or what might happen. But I don't want to waste time worrying about potential negative things. So work in progress on this one, but uh, I've made some strides. Number seven, I stopped caring so much about pleasing people. Okay, also a work in progress because I just love making people happy. Um, All people, loved ones, strangers, everyone in between. But I have realized that I can do that without compromising quite so much. So I am naturally really friendly. I hate confrontation. But at some point over the past few months, I've realized that I cared about being nice to people who maybe didn't care about being nice to me. I think I was worried about being a good friend to or supporting people who maybe weren't really supporting me. And I think in a lot of ways, I was giving a lot more than I was getting back. I was stressing me out. I was settling. So while yes, I love more than anything, I love making people laugh, smile, and feel happy. I've stopped devoting every waking hour of my life to thinking about how I can please everyone else. I would say I spend at least one half of one of those hours thinking about myself and my own happiness. So work in progress, but there it is. Oh, number eight. I stopped caring about the haters. I hate the phrase the haters, but I don't have a better one. This is not my favorite topic. Uh, As I mentioned, confrontation is not my favorite, no matter how confident I may be. Over the past eight years, which is when I started blogging, I started the Alley on the Run blog, started putting my life in the public eye, thinking that literally no one was going to read it. And then a couple people did read it. Uh, I found that no matter how passive my stance, I can always offend someone. Uh, No matter how I live my life, someone will disagree. No matter what I do, someone will think I'm an idiot. Uh, The internet is so great here in 2018. I used to really, really care about those people that didn't like me. And again, I focused more on the one person who didn't like me, who maybe left a negative, mean comment instead of the 99 people who loved what I had to say and shared wonderful comments and shared themselves with me. uh, It was that that one person that got inside my brain. Um, I got to the point with blogging where I was always like spouting off disclaimers before saying anything, no matter how uncontroversial I thought it may be. 
I found myself censoring my own writing because I knew how the potential haters would react or rip it apart. And and I was sensitive. I was scared. I was losing sleep. And it was exhausting. Worrying about the outcome of something I say or do is not a productive use of my time. When I was in my second trimester with Annie, I decided to take a solo trip down to Florida. I just wanted to relax for a few days, and I knew that once I had her, it wouldn't be easy to just get on a plane and go to Florida for a few days. And I remember wondering about how that would look. And this was recent. This was just a couple months ago. So I'm asking myself, I'm like, do I need to clarify that I'll be working on this trip? Will I seem stuck up because I chose a nice hotel? Do I need to specify that I got a good deal lest I not be relatable? These are actual thoughts that for years have gone through my head before putting pretty much anything on the internet. And, you know, and that's fine. I choose to put myself out there. It's fine. But turns out, I have decided I no longer care. I'm proud to take a stance on certain things. And in doing so, that means I'm going to thrill some people and I'm probably going to disappoint or offend other people. To that, I say, if you don't like it, don't follow it. Or if you have a different educated stance on something, let's talk about it. We can do that. I am stubborn, but I am open-minded. Believe it or not, I can admit when I'm wrong. Um, But really putting myself out there, you know, it's my life. I will make mistakes. I will make mistakes publicly, but I will not waste energy on keyboard warriors, on people who aren't bringing value to my life. Um, It's okay to disagree. I think it's not okay to just be unkind and to be mean. And so to the one person, you're dead to me. To the 99 others, I love you. Thank you. Number nine, I considered my future in addition to my present. Uh, I think it's great to live in the present. I think, um, you know, the phrase live every day like it's your last is a wonderful thing. Seize the day, carpe the diem. Um, I don't disagree with any of that. I think instant gratification is a fabulous thing. But as soon as I got pregnant, uh, my mindset and my focus did shift quite a bit. I started questioning my decisions. I wondered how will this impact my family, my child, our future? And if it won't, okay, move along. If it would affect my family, my child, and our future, then I would pause. Consider what I'm doing. Uh, My future's always mattered, but I feel like it matters more now with Annie in the picture. And so I'm looking at things that I do every day, big and small, and just sort of wondering how they're going to affect my family and my life. And I think it makes me act better. It makes me kinder. It makes me more patient. It makes me more loving. And it makes me not waste time or energy on crap. Number 10. This is a good one. I stopped waiting and hesitating so much. This has probably been my greatest downfall. I hesitate. I sit on great ideas, and then I get mad when someone else has the same idea and actually acts on it. Um, Duh, Allison. Instead of thinking about my own good ideas for so long, I probably should have done something about them. I feel like I get caught up in the weeds. I get caught up in the details. I'm always waiting until the right moment, until I have all the resources, until I find the right words. Um, I didn't launch this podcast for like a year because I didn't have a name or a logo. 
a logo. Does anyone even know what my logo looks like? Probably not. Um, it's me running in a pink sweatshirt. Um, but ultimately, all that putting things off has held me back in so many ways and prevented me from taking so much action. It's such a waste of time. So to you and as a reminder to myself, stop waiting. Stop hesitating. Let's all make our moves now, today, within the hour. All right. And that brings me to number 11, the last one on this list, but it's a long one. I stopped downplaying my success and I started living more unapologetically. Oh, baby. All right. This is a big one for me. So I think I'll probably always be self-critical and hard on myself. People hate this about me. Uh, My loved ones hate this about me. So back almost a year ago, after I released episode 57 of the Alley on the Run show, that was that really emotional one that I recorded with Brian. Uh, So many people sent messages saying, I'm too hard on myself. Allie, you need to be easier on yourself. You're way too hard on yourself. I know that's how a lot of people see it and how they see me. I get it all the time. Heck, my own midwife Like a week before I went into labor, she was like, Allie, you need to give yourself a break. And of course, I was like, no, I don't. As Brian's sitting next to me, like, thank you. Someone else for telling her this. Um, And I kind of listened. So I hear this a lot. um, But I want to be the best at what I do. And that doesn't mean that I expect to be flawless or perfect by some arbitrary definition. But to me, it means... I do want to constantly push myself to get the best out of myself. And when Brian and I recorded that episode, the truth is I wasn't living up to my own standards. I have really high standards for myself and I hope I always do. Everyone was telling me to go easier on myself and I just can't get on board with that. Uh, That doesn't mean I live in a constant state of disappointment. I promise I'm not always beating myself up. But when I know I'm letting myself down, when I know I'm not dreaming big enough, when I'm not reaching my potential, when I'm not trying hard enough, yeah, I'm going to give myself a kick in the booty because oftentimes no one else will. I am so, 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 so lucky that I have really amazing friends and family and internet friends and this great community. And I have a lot of people who will always, by default, tell me I'm doing a good job. Uh, That's really nice of them. But sometimes... I need a little tough love and it can come from someone I trust or it can come from myself. Uh, Katie Burke, if you could come be my life coach, that would actually be great. Along with all of this, I stopped downplaying my success because as hard as I am on myself, I also downplay my success and my achievements. I noticed that when I would meet people, And they would say, oh, what do you do? I would say, I'm a freelance writer and editor. And I would tell them some of the great places that I write for, you know, because that's a career that people respect maybe and they understand. I never would say, I'm the host of the Alley on the Run show. Because I was always like, oh, not everyone knows what a podcast is. Oh, you know, it's not really my job. Well, I want it to be. I'm, I'm turning it into my job and my career. I love it. I'm so passionate about it. So now when I meet people and they say, what do I do? I do say, I say, oh, I'm a freelance writer and editor and I host a podcast. I'm still working on like the good pitch behind that, but I'm, I'm way less sheepish or judgmental about my successes. I'm owning them more. 
And that means I'm owning the big wins and the little ones. And I've started living a lot more unapologetically along the way. So that last part, the living unapologetically part, uh, that part comes with sacrifices, I will say. Uh, Living unapologetically makes a lot of people really uncomfortable. It may make people not like you. It made some people not like me. It's been a crazy road these last couple months. And I will say being pregnant really helped me live unapologetically. I basically stopped giving a crap about a lot of things when I was pregnant. But it was really good for me, I think. And living this way, I just am a lot happier. I feel a lot more free living my life exactly the way I want. Maybe I can be a little abrasive at times, but um, I'm not a total douchebag. Until Annie came along... I learned to finally start putting myself first. Um, I mean, Annie comes first. Annie and Ellie come first. They're tied for first. But I'm trying to remind myself that I get to come second. And that's what's best for everyone. It's that oxygen mask theory, right? I got to put my own on and then I can help everyone else or whatever. But I have two hands. I can put mine on with one hand and everyone else is on with the other. So, okay. I'm just going to say it again. It bears repeating. Confidence is that muscle that Katie Burke told us about. And sometimes muscles are strong and they can like push Mack trucks with a pinky finger. Uh, Other times muscles are kind of weak, kind of squishy, like, I don't know, after being pregnant and having a baby. Uh, But whatever shape your confidence muscle is in right now, I encourage you to never stop working it. If it's strong, don't get too comfortable. Keep at it. If it's weak, try any or all of the 11 tips and tricks I just threw your way or find your own tricks for getting out of your head. And remember that you got this. So that's it. Those are some ways I've worked to make myself a better, more self-assured person. I hope maybe something in here resonated, motivated, inspired, or at least entertained. I want to know what you think about confidence. Do you have it? Lack it? Not really care about it, but listen to this episode anyway? Let me know by hitting me up on Instagram and Twitter at Allie on the Run one and on the Allie on the Run Facebook page, which you should definitely like and follow. Next week, we will return to regularly scheduled interviews with runners, entrepreneurs, and more inspiring men and women who make the conversations on this show so much fun. Now, normally I'd beat myself up for taking a few weeks post-baby to not stress over work but I don't do that anymore. (laughs) And hey, don't forget to get yourself and your loved ones some Aftershocks wireless headphones this holiday season. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to save $50 on all endurance bundles. You're welcome. Until next week and forever after that, go ask for what you want, live unapologetically, and thanks for joining me on the run.